A very warm welcome back to the podcast and a massive thank you to the three people who reviewed the podcast over on Apple. Uh, there's also been a handful of reviews over on Spotify, all five stars. Uh, unfortunately, there are no names to those reviews as the Spotify system is just very simply clicking the star rating on a mobile or tablet device and clicking one of the stars. Whereas, of course, on Apple Podcasts, you do have the ability to write a written review uh, going through those, beginning with A380-863. Uh, this review came through, I believe, at the end of May, although I only got notified about it in the past week. Uh, reviews can be a little bit iffy. I think I've said this before. One of the biggest problems when it comes to trying to find and filter through the reviews is you need to check each individual country. There are some third-party podcast trackers, but they're very slow in putting out the reviews. Uh, so with that being said, it's a five-star review. Been listening to the YouTube channel for a year, just found the podcast and loved it. Very comprehensive and a time for our lovely host to show himself a bit more. Thank you very much. Uh, yeah, that's what I do like about the uh, podcast. A little bit more relaxed can go over, you know, flight reviews without maybe being stuck to say an 8-minute or a 10-minute time constraint with whatever B-roll I've filmed. And uh, naturally on the channel, it's just strictly about aviation, whereas the podcast is a great place for me to just vent and add a little bit more depth where possible. Uh, so thank you very much for the review. Uh, next, we had JJ Likes Aviation. This makes doing jobs so much more interesting. Thank you so much for the podcast. You're more than welcome. I'm glad that... uh. The podcast makes those annoying chores a little bit more interesting. Uh, it's the same for me. I, I have something like playing, whether it's music or a podcast. I do feel like I get more engrossed in whatever I'm listening to and the time passes by a little bit quicker. Uh, I think that's how a lot of people are. And then finally, we have Nate, uh, Programmer11. Great podcast, very interesting and engaging. Best podcast ever. So thank you very much for that. Oddly enough, I think the JJ Likes Aviation Review is from quite a while away. Uh, qu sorry, pardon me, not quite a while away. Um, I can't figure out on the date if that's from July or from April, because I think I may be browsing this through a US-based website, which may mean they've got the month first. Um, always a little bit confusing, but if that's the case, I think it may be from July, which means these are pretty new, actually, only in the past week or so. Uh, so thank you very much for those. And to anyone else, again, that dropped uh, just a star rating. It's very much appreciated in helping get the podcast out there. Now, continuing with the story uh, podcasts and going back to that trip across the world, um, let's just say that this is going to be very much a fun one, but <laughs> for those that enjoy stories and uh, enjoy the twists and turns that travel has to offer, uh, I recently had a bit of a personal matter to attend to overseas and... Uh, Let's just say that the travel didn't go according to plan, and if you thought some previous episodes, uh, notably I'm talking about the episodes covering the failed attempt to get to Seattle uh, to see the final Boeing 747, which if you haven't listened to those episodes, I would definitely recommend taking the time to do so. Uh, otherwise, long story short, tried to make it to Seattle, had basically every delay and cancellation in the book, got rerouted, cancellation, weather delays, and ended up missing it. And uh, a lot of money out of pocket, had to end up heading back to Australia. Let's just say this, this most recent trip was 50 times worse than that one. Uh, luckily, there was no major event that I was trying to head towards, but uh, in terms of everything going on, I think this one that you'll hear about eventually does top it, and if you already follow over on Twitter, 
uh, well, then you'll kind of know what I'm talking about. But naturally, with the podcast, it gives me a little bit room, a little bit more room. Pardon me, to dig deeper into just what happened. In terms of where we're at when it comes to current podcasts, the most recent one was covering the disappointing Lufthansa 747 flight. I can confirm that in the next week, the video review of this will be going out on YouTube. Uh, so if you'd like to see the accompanying footage to really, I guess, highlight meal service, uh, onboard cabin product, and that IFE that wasn't working, definitely stay tuned for that. It will be going live on Globetrotting at DJ's Aviation. But continuing with uh, not flight reviews this time, but story-driven podcasts, as I know a lot of you like them, uh, they're not totally, well, I should say, this is aviation-related, but it's more the travel side and the fun bits of traveling. And uh, as the title suggests, my first time in Germany and uh, experiences and thoughts on Frankfurt and Berlin. So I'll pick up from where I left off, which probably is uh, jumping off board the Lufthansa 747. Uh, It was a morning arrival, so the sun hadn't even come up yet. And I was only spending, um, I do believe I arrived on a Friday. And I think my, uh, well, I don't want to spoil it, but I was leaving Frankfurt on the Tuesday so I had uh, designated a few days there to basically film planes for the YouTube channels, uh, trying to get some different content to LA. Uh, for those that are unaware, unless stated otherwise and provided by a manufacturer or an airline, the B-roll of um, the planes around the world are taken by me. Uh, I do that to avoid copyright. It adds a little bit more fun to my own content. And yeah, I, I like it. I like doing that for myself. So uh, I did figure based on vouchers and cheapest ways to get there, that Frankfurt would probably be a good port to film in Europe and get some Lufthansa, who are a big airline and one I talk about pretty frequently, and then I know I could get some of the uh, European carriers in and around there too. And uh, unfortunately, though, I was going in March, so yeah, this is this is a little bit uh, outdated in terms of how many months we have advanced, but but ignore that. Um, with that being said, the weather, as you probably know in Europe, is very hit or miss. Uh, if you're going in the summer, you're better off, but I did want to try and avoid heat haze, which can be a bit frustrating when it comes to filming. So you do, uh, for someone like me, I do like going to film in the winter uh, or fall or spring type of um, period of the year where you don't deal with that heat haze. And the video just comes out a lot more crisper. That's just something I find. And then I find it more pleasing to the eye when I'm actually putting it in uh, the completed videos to go on YouTube. Uh, So I picked this time frame, but the weather was always going to be a little bit iffy. And unfortunately, the first day I was there, it was going to be raining. But that was fine. I figured I'd traveled all the way to Frankfurt and might as well head into the city center. But first things first... Had to catch the shuttle to the uh, hotel, which is was pretty close. It was in like a district around the airport. I wanted to be close to the airport because my sole intention was to film planes rather than like have a holiday. Uh, it was to just spend basically 12 hours from sunrise to sunset, stood on the outskirts filming absolutely everything. Um, but in this case, the rain was going to be pretty, uh, they were forecasting it at least. And I was just like, okay, I'll use this day uh, to go into the city center, to which I did. And um Really, I liked it. I didn't think... Uh, it, it felt very... Uh, how do I put it? Based on an experience I had later in this German trip, it, Frankfurt didn't really feel German. Um, at times, it almost felt like I was in other European cities, maybe even London. And uh, I say that <laughs> from an outsider. Obviously, I don't live in Germany, so then people that maybe are listening to this from Frank- Frankfurt are like screaming out saying, no, it it feels like this. But 
uh, you just get a very different vibe there to where another location I visited, which I'll uh, discuss later. Uh, it wasn't what I imagined. There are quite a few high sky rises, and I did go on a hop on, hop off bus tour. Uh, I am a sucker for those. If I go in any new city, I do love hopping on those hop off, hop on, hop off tours. Uh, put the earphones in, and I just love kind of learning about it that way, rather than having to go to eat each individual thing. And if you don't have an unlimited available uh, availability of time and and so forth, these these tours can be very very handy, and normally are pretty cheap. Um, so I learned a lot about Frankfurt and how the financial district and a lot of people are moving there and it's, uh, maybe not your traditional German experience, but with that being said, it was nice. They have trams, so it did feel like uh, a little bit of home and they still have the nice architecture and the, um, old and styled European buildings that I do thoroughly enjoy seeing. Uh, I ended up spending, I think about five hours in the, uh, city center before heading back to the hotel, uh, one thing I was able to see when I was on the train into downtown was uh, the array of uh, German railway, and it's just incredible to see the difference in designs of trains. I like trains, but by no stretch of the imagination do I know the brands, the types, what they do. Um, I'm just someone that likes browsing them and think they look cool, and I think there's probably a lot of people that can resonate, whether it's with planes or something else. And uh, growing up in Australia in terms of trains, I'm sure there are some people that do find them cool, but... To me, they're just not, um, they're not a design that I truly like, whereas if you look at high-speed rail, and, uh, they're the ones I think are really, really awesome and sleek, but, but, and this is a massive but, uh, you've got to make sure you have, like, a perfect mix, otherwise I feel like it becomes a bit too overwhelming if you only have the one type of train, and I know in the UK that is becoming a bit of a problem, Um, When I was obviously over there and I had that train channel and I was trying to learn a little bit more about it, the understanding that a lot of rail operators are moving towards these newer and more modern, obviously, trains, but do look very, very similar in almost all cases, um, can be a bit of a blow to the rail enthusiasts that like to go and spot them because they're kind of looking at the same thing with a different livery. And uh, maybe those older trains that are really the pride and joy for many people just just aren't present. But with that being said, it was really cool to see uh, the trains in Germany when I know I've seen so many pictures before and so many videos. Um, It was cool to see them with my own eyes. For those that are just wondering how I'm doing this podcast, I'm actually just going through my photo library from Germany and scrolling down. uh, Because I don't remember bit by bit every moment, but I have taken pictures throughout, so that way I can can have a look. Um, yeah, took the train back into the hotel. I was pretty exhausted. Um, at this point, I think I had been on the go. Well, let's just see. It was eight hours to Singapore. I had five hours layover in Singapore. Then it was about 12 hours to Frankfurt, and then I, I tried to stay awake the whole day. I really hate morning flights that arrive in the morning. Some people like them, I don't blame people that like them because then you you spend the whole day. But when it comes to long-haul travel, I always prefer arriving in the night because then you can just go to sleep and, and sleep off how you're feeling. Whereas then you almost feel like you need to stay awake if you arrive at 6 a.m. So I ordered some food and I think I did crash at about 6 p.m. That was fine though because the next morning I woke up bright and early to go and do some plane spotting. Uh, a lot of people may ask also, why did you pick Frankfurt? Uh, Looking at spotting locations and guides, Frankfurt had some amazing spots with fantastic views of the airfield approach path and everything else in between. 
And uh, when it comes to filming footage and filming as much as you can, well, you're probably going to look towards something that is optimal for that. And uh, that is why I picked Frankfurt. So I visited one spot and I truly loved it. Uh, a very popular location. And by now, this is Saturday morning. So a lot of people are heading out to spot the planes. And uh, yeah, saw some Lufthansa 747s, Condor for the very first time. And uh, some of the more smaller uh, and regional European operators flying into Frankfurt, which I must admit was very, very cool. And I got a lot of footage that I'm excited to. Well, you've probably started seeing them in YouTube videos, but in terms of social media, I've not gone through this recent trip yet of clips. And I've not even gone through the previous one. I'm holding off until uh, there's a period in my life that maybe... I don't want to say duller, but just when there's not a whole lot happening, whether it's aviation-related or travel-related, which probably is what we're getting into now, and then I can roll out more than 6,000 video clips. Yes, there's that many um, across the social media feeds, one a day at different times, and uh, for you all to see, and I think it's going to be a lot of fun, especially with plain sound and not my annoying voice slotted on over the top like you see in YouTube content. Uh, I couldn't spend forever plane spotting at this location because Frankfurt, true to its name and what a lot of people say about it being a spotter-friendly airport, does have an airside tour, which is a pretty rare thing. Um, it's not all that common nowadays globally. I remember uh, Sydney Airport had a tour that my parents went on many, many, many moons ago, and um, it's the same for other airports, but the times have changed, and I say that like it's happened in the past few years. But no, it's been a, a pretty rapid progression in, in terms of aviation safety that we've seen from 9-11 and just the tightening down of all that. And airside tours aren't really as common. Um, they're maybe far and few between, but Frankfurt Airport has one. So it was a thrill to go on it. I chose the 90-minute. It was fairly priced and uh, I really enjoyed it. But um, something I found interesting is the tour is only in German. Just Just remember that. So... In case you want to try and understand what on earth they're saying and what is going on and maybe you're not too familiar and let's say you're looking at the airfield and can't understand that, oh, that's like a 767 or uh, that's a pushback tug and so forth, um, just remember that because it was only in German and I found that odd and you may be like, well, you're in Frankfurt, why do you find that odd? Uh, just normally when it comes to tours, there is an English option um, and, and a lot of other places I've been that have spoken a different language, that option that they know that tourists are coming. They normally have that option in place. It wasn't a big deal, though. I, I'm fortunate in a position where I could just... I just wanted to enjoy the tour. It would have been cool to learn more, but I feel like I could have just researched it online. And uh, the only bit of thing I did pick up is when we were nearing the end of the tour and uh, a plane was landing, and I'm trying to remember what plane it was. It was a freighter. I don't remember the, the airline or the company, uh, but let's just say he said the wrong company... Uh, how do I word this? Let's just say, hypothetically, it was Air China, and then he said, oh, it's China Southern. That's the only part I caught. And then I was like, maybe it's better I didn't have uh, the English version, because if he's messing up airlines, then maybe, you know, what else could be? Could be incorrect or something. But hey, it was really fun. Like I said, it was 90 minutes. It was pretty comprehensive. We went to every single part of the airport, including all the new developments. We had time to take pictures, go right up close to 747s. A truly wonderful experience, and 
If you're in Frankfurt for whatever reason, try and make time for this. It's Again, it's only 90 minutes and it's right at the airport, so hypothetically, if you had a 8pm flight and you had some spare time to kill, you could definitely jump on board this tour. Uh, it was a lot of fun. After that tour, I'm just scrolling down to see what on earth I did. I think at this point, the sun was going down. This was more an afternoon thing I chose to do. Uh, there are a lot of pictures from this airside tour. I should probably share more of them, but... I uh, just haven't had the chance, so it was back to the hotel, that's correct, and then the next morning I headed out and uh, went to a different spot. Something that I really wanted to do with this trip was film from different locations, even when I was in Los Angeles. You may ask why. Well, on previous trips where I filmed, I really only stood at the one location, and I can understand how that may get boring. Uh, I'm no superhuman, so I can't go to every airport in the world, but at the very least, if I am going to a uh, said airport, I can try and visit different locations to hopefully diversify the content that you're seeing as B-roll. Unfortunately, the uh, Frankfurt weather definitely hit that morning, and uh, safe to say I was absolutely freezing. Uh, we got heavy rain, snow, and thankfully, uh, a very worthy investment that I would truly recommend you buy uh, if you're a plane spotter or any kind of photographer, videographer. Get those uh, camera bags that basically protect it from the elements. Um, I used one. <laughs> I'm looking at the pictures right now and understanding just how helpful it truly was. Uh, it stopped the snow getting on my camera. It stopped the rain. The only thing that felt it was the microphone cover, which is just a bit of like the fluffy um, material that you put over the top of the actual microphone, but the camera stayed completely dry. It was very difficult to operate, I must say, because you have a big bag and think about it on a tripod, and I did have to tear like a hole at the back so I could access the, the arm of the tripod, so I kind of ripped the bag and didn't use it for its true purpose and how it was intended, but I may do, and it, it definitely was a lifesaver, because after going all that way and not being able to film because of these elements... um wouldn't have been great, so it's a worthy investment, even if you're just heading to your local airport and it starts raining, you can chuck this on. It's probably a lot easier if you're doing just photography rather than filming, um, given a filming is like a continued clip that you don't, say, have the chance to just stop and take a picture at one point and then take another picture and be conservative. The filming needs to stay running the entire time. Uh, on another note, I do prefer photography. I feel like there's a lot that goes into videography and it's it's a little bit more stressful because, like I said, one jolt or doing something incorrectly and, uh, yeah, you basically mess it up completely. Whereas photography, at least, you could either spam or, like I said, be conservative with your shots and get three really good ones. Or you spam ten photos and two of them are really good and editable. Whereas if you stuff up that one clip, then you've really stuffed it up. But it was a good eight hour or so uh, session. Actually, I think it may have been longer. I think I, I got out there at 7 a.m., and may have, uh, I'm trying to think when I headed back. If I got out there at 7am, I think I was heading back at 3pm. So probably, yeah, it was quite good. And like I said, back to the hotel. Um, another good sleep. And then another spot that next morning. I tried out two different spots. This was my final day of spotting. Uh, this was the Monday. Tuesday was a travel day. And uh, so now we're on the Monday and uh, yeah, tried out two different spots. Again, they're just so brilliant. Like I'm, I'm so jealous having visited here. I really, really enjoyed my time. I can't say that enough. Uh, not just enjoyed Germany and Frankfurt, but really enjoyed the spotting at the airport. For those of you that may be listening and are in Frankfurt or it's not too far away or you visit frequently, you're very, very lucky. 
unfortunately, in Melbourne, we don't really have anything like this, and if anything, spotting is, while claimed to be allowed, um, they do do everything in their right mind to try and make it as difficult as possible, whether installing certain fences, uh, not chopping leaves, removing any kind of thing to stand on, so now people resort to buying four-wheel drives and standing on top of the roof, uh, yeah. So, to see dedicated platforms for spotters with bins, seats, and so much more was really, really nice. Uh, So, it was another productive day of filming, again, spending about, I want to say, 10 to 12 hours out there collecting lots of B-roll footage, and uh, unfortunately, the weather was starting to come in at around, I want to say, 4pm, so headed back into downtown city centre. Got some really cool shots downtown of the rain coming down as the sun was setting, Uh, I just figured I'd spend a couple of hours there, had some dinner, and then did have to head to bed uh, pretty early, and I say that uh, because the next day was going to be a very busy one. In my fitting fashion of trying to do everything, I don't want to say the craziest way, but probably the, the any normal human wouldn't do because it is overly complicating matters. Uh, I just tried to find any way to bring down the cost, and if that meant travelling to a whole different city by train, then that meant travelling to a whole different city by train, and that's what I did. Woke up bright and early to catch the 809 um, service to Berlin. (laughs) Yep, going from Frankfurt to Berlin. Why not? Um, Luckily, I wasn't packing very heavy, so yeah, that, uh, that made it a little bit better. Had a little bit of confusion trying to get on the train, because it basically said something different to what my ticket should have said, and after a little bit of deliberation, some guy said that it was the right train, got on it, uh, felt a bit sick to my stomach for 10 minutes, thinking that maybe I had gotten on the wrong train, but turns out we were all good. Uh, Pretty comfortable, and luckily no one was sat next to me the entire way to Berlin. It's interesting um, having a bit of perspective on matters such as these, and being able to see how... Um, how do I put it? Being able to see how some people grow up with certain transportation, and this can stretch to many things, um, and I'm sure it's the same for people that look at Australia, it's for the same as people that maybe don't have a roof above their head to then get something like that, and as stupid as it sounds, for me, it was the public transport system. Trains are not a big thing in Australia, obviously, while we have some pretty cool, unique rail experiences, um, our rail between major cities is pretty darn terrible, and you would be advised against taking the rail service, whereas in Europe, you're very, very well connected. I'm aware, obviously, size plays a massive role, infrastructure, funds, and everything, but being able to travel between two major cities such as this, obviously, I know they're closer, was just really an awesome experience, and then being able to see parts of Germany through the window, and that's why I want to talk about the experience traveling through Berlin. I was very disappointed that I didn't have more time in Berlin, and excluding filming, which I thoroughly enjoyed in Frankfurt, and that was, at the end of the day, the point in me going to Germany. It was I was picking Frankfurt for the planes. I think uh, if I ever have a, like a holiday where I'm, I'm a tourist and, and not just, you know, stood at the airport for 14 hours, I think I would really love to go to Berlin. Because seeing it from the window kind of epitomized what I thought Germany would be like. Um, again, I've never been. This is the first time in Germany, and there's probably going to be Germans listening to this pulling their hair out because maybe it's like I didn't see the right parts of Frankfurt, which is totally understandable. Like I said, I wasn't there very long. It's just the quick ride through on the train where I went through the different parts of Berlin. Um, 
that's somewhere I would love to just have a walk around and, and see. So maybe one day, maybe not, but uh, definitely would love to go and see Berlin just from a tourist perspective. It was uh, then off to Berlin-Brandenburg. I had a bit of a connection for the train. Um, that was exciting because I had no idea where I was going. Obviously, never been to Berlin, but I, I did my best and I found the right train. Um, was a bit worried when I saw the gap between the train and the platform, but again, they're smart. They have a a little ramp that comes out from the train, which makes it very easy to get on. And then it was a direct connection to the airport uh, where I had to get ready for my next flight. I got there pretty early because there was no way in hell knowing how um, I am with travel. And you're going to hear it in the next, not the next episode, but in the next travel series, just how bad things really went. I wanted to allow as much time as possible. So I think I had a 6.30 p.m. departure and I arrived at the airport at 1 p.m. That was purely because I didn't want to have any delays. with. If I had delays with the train, I didn't want to miss the flight. I didn't want to be stuck somewhere. I didn't want to be out of pocket hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of euros or whatever. So I had given myself plenty of time uh, to get to Berlin, make my flight onto the next city, and it went so smoothly. And actually, looking ahead at future episodes, uh, nothing didn't go to plan. Like, I had no delays, no cancellations, flights were on time, everything worked a charm. So, (laughs) with that being said, enjoy it. Like, I'm genuinely saying this. Enjoy the next few episodes, because I'm telling you, once this series is done, it's going to go to absolute hell. Uh, Yeah, so enjoy the positivity, enjoy the nice reviews and everything, because pretty soon I'm going to go back to being pretty annoyed, being out of pocket, dealing with cancellations, delays, airlines not being able to help, stranded in airports, sleeping on the airport, in the airport, and so much more. So yeah, thank you for listening to my experience in Germany. I really appreciate it. I thoroughly loved it. Uh, Every time I think about it, I do want to return, even just to watch the planes, to see Berlin. I would love to see other parts of Germany too, not just Frankfurt again and Berlin properly for the first time. Uh, It was a very, very wonderful experience. The people were lovely. Uh, Can't say enough nice things about it. And it didn't feel um, unfamiliar. Like, there's a lot of English around, so it was pretty easy to move around. And, uh, yeah, would definitely recommend it as a destination, whether you're European, Australian, American... Uh, Asian listening to this, Indian, wherever you may be from, African even, well, you know, from Africa, head to head to Germany, I would 100% recommend it. And uh, thank you very much for listening, thank you very much to anyone that has been reviewing the podcast. Uh, I am now firmly in the one place, and for those wondering, that is Melbourne, Australia, and no plans on leaving for quite some time. Uh, There's no travel plans whatsoever for probably many years, so... With that being said, enjoy the travel experiences while they last, and uh, thank you very much for your continued support listening to this. Uh, I really, really do appreciate it. Take care. I'll see you next weekend if you, well, you'll hear from me next weekend if you only listen to the podcasts when they come out, because I'm aware people could listen to this five years down the line, including probably myself in 20 years. Uh... So, yeah, I feel like these outros are a little bit weird because I try and say, oh, you know, see you next week. But the reality is this could be, you could be in a marathon of listening to them because you found this in 2035. Who knows? Uh, Yeah, I'm just going to end it here. So take care. Thanks for listening. And I'll see you next time where I'll be covering a new airline on a wonderful flight review uh, on a nine hour flight. Where to? You'll find out next week.